0: Hi, I'm Amber Cook. Welcome to my podcast, The Dragonfly Connection. Join me every Wednesday for open, honest, inspiring, and healing conversations with people who face their own health and life challenges, worked through them, and now are on a mission to help you live a healthier, more fulfilling life. My hope is that each episode leaves you more empowered and inspired no matter where you are on your life and healing journey. First of all, I apologize for my nasally voice right now, not in this episode, so you don't have to listen to it for much longer as it was recorded last month, but right now I'm at the tail end of my healing journey from COVID and I am on the mend, but the congestion is the thing that's just wanting to stick with me a little bit longer. So anyway, let's just get this episode started in a minute. I'm going to give it my normal intro, though, so you just have to listen to this nasally voice a few more minutes. Um, My guest today is Rachel West, and this is her second time being on the podcast. Rachel is a holistic personal growth coach, best-selling author, and the founder of Empowering Growth. She is also a domestic violence victims advocate and a community health worker. Rachel focuses on helping others with mindset improvement and their mental health with a specialty in addiction. She has a belief that you must do the inner work if you want the outer to work and understands firsthand how releasing negative mental, emotional, and behavioral programming helps you feel, hear, and see new possibilities simply by shifting your thoughts so they can achieve the results you dream of at a much higher level. One of her favorite quotes from Stacey O'Burn: Choice is a powerful thing. Suffering is always optional. And, in most cases, I agree with the statement wholeheartedly. Sometimes in our lives, horrible things do happen. Tragedies, traumatic experiences, things that are truly not our fault, and sometimes things that we don't even have actual recognition of because they happen to us as children or even to our ancestors. Those things or events have the potential to wreak havoc in our lives when just left to run amok in our subconscious. I have a lot of personal experience with this. If you've been listening to this podcast any length of time, you know that also a lot of my guests have experiences with this. And I know for a fact that left buried and untreated can lead to mental health challenges as well as addiction. In this episode, that's what we're going to focus on. The buried emotions, the untruths we tell ourselves, the programming, the roots of the problems, and then we're going to chat about some ways to heal those things in our life and how to start helping others because suffering is optional. We can all choose to start our healing journey or not. So even if you haven't been touched by addiction in your family like Rachel and I have, I promise this episode is one you need to hear, if not for you, but for someone you care about then go share it with them. There's also a really great, easy self-awareness tool buried within our conversation that you can start using today. All the ways you can connect with Rachel will be in the show notes as usual. And if you join the Dragonfly Connection community on Facebook, you can ask her your questions directly. Just tag her. It's a free group I've created to help us stay connected and empowered on our healing journeys and to add to all the things we learn in this podcast. The link to that group, as well as Rachel's group, is also in the show notes. Enjoy. This episode is sponsored by HealingWays.com. Find a holistic wellness professional and resources to help you on your healing journey. That's healing, W-A-Z-E.com. So, Welcome, Rachel. Hey. Thanks for being here. Uh, so we were just chatting about your weather being in the 80s and sunny, and it is rainy and dark here in the Northwest. And so you are in... Las Vegas. Yeah, Yeah, nice. This is your second time being on the podcast. It
1: is. Yay. Yay.
0: Yeah. Well, our conversation a month or so ago inspired me. I was like, why don't you come on here and talk about the other other part of your coaching? So I just want to say for my listeners, the last time you were on was season two, episode 17. And I'm drawing a blank on what I titled that. But just go to the link in the notes and it'll take you right there. Last time we talked a lot about your personal journey leading up to what you do now. We're going to do that again today, but it's going to be a little bit different. But I want to start out quoting you. You said in your application, you must do the inner work to make the outer work. Mm. And I love that. And that's what our focus is going to be today. But before we talk about that, recently I asked a question in my Facebook group, The Dragonfly Connection. And now I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you that question first. And it has nothing to do with this podcast. Perfect. I'm ready. <laughs> okay. What is something that you're interested in that most people haven't heard of? Hmm.
2: Well, I have a recent interest that I just learned about, and I'm going to look it up because it's called Cambo. And it is a, um, a type of cleanse. And the reason I learned about this is because I was talking to a friend of mine and I was telling her that my spirit animal is a frog. And so she told me about this Cambo cleanse, which comes from frogs. And so now it is my newly found interest. And I found someone here in Las Vegas that does the cleanse. I've reached out to her, I've had a conversation with her. I've not experienced it yet. Okay. But it's like a holistic, Type cleanse that helps people who are struggling with mental health and addiction, which is also really great to know. And so I it's something I want to do in the future and just keep learning more about it. And if you don't know what it is, and if you've never heard of it, look it up. It's K-A-M-B-O, Cambo Cleanse. And it has to do with something that the, the frog makes that they use. It's kind of like a you, can, you can't take it internally it's it's
0: like a, something you have to put externally on your body so it's a substance that comes from frogs that you put on your body yes oh my gosh Rachel you have to share more about this when you start I, it. I am super I curious I know and a
2: little bit scared <laughs> I know right but I just was curious because I, 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 I thought it was weird that my spirit animal was frog to begin with, because not a lot of people like a frog, really? A frog? Okay. Right. I just I went heard with that. It was just given to me. I didn't choose it. It's mine. Okay, I'll take it. Yeah. And so I was sharing with her and she's like, have you ever heard of this? And I'm like, no. And so I started looking more into it and I'm really interested in it. And I want to experience
0: at least one time just so that I could say that I did it.
1: Right. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah, that's exciting. And a frog. Yeah. So that's something. Is something I haven't heard of either. So <laughs> that's pretty yeah. cool. I'm just yeah. imagining this super cute little frog that's kind of just like sitting on your shoulder, hopping around as you like following behind you. Yeah. I mean, I'm, the more I
2: look into frogs, I get it. Like the transformation process mm. of a frog and just their like calmness, but they just kind of hang out. They're kind of chill unless they're getting disturbed and then they
0: have to, you know, do what they do and protect themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I can see that for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. So speaking of transformation, then that's a great segue. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Last time, like I mentioned before, we did talk a lot about your story, your personal story. And I do want to just touch on that today because that's really important. It's an important piece for people listening to understand what inspired you to help others with their mental health and addiction. So yeah, if you could kind of just share the cliff notes version of that, remind me and my listeners. Mm -hmm. Well, I
2: stumbled into NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, which is the science and study of human excellence. Stumbled into it through my prior business, which was graphic design, Mm -hmm. came across it and decided to start studying it for communication purposes to discover how people process information, how they communicate. So I wanted to learn the psychology piece so that I could help my clients use that in their marketing. And Going through the NLP journey, getting my master's practitioner certification is where I discovered I didn't want to be using these tools for communication and marketing purposes. I wanted to be using them to help people who are stuck and who are struggling. That comes from my family. A lot of my family members struggle with various addictions from uh, substance abuse, alcohol, gambling, food addictions, to self-harm and mental health plays a lot into that the anxiety the depression luckily i never struggled with anything myself but being that family member being on the sideline seeing what it does to them and and how dark of a place they get themselves to mm-hmm. and seeing what it does to the family as a whole mm-hmm. is what inspired me to become the coach that i am and to help those people who are stuck to help those family members navigate their life with having this person in their life who is sometimes toxic. Sometimes, you know, it's like, oh, I love that person because it's my mother or it's my child or it's my sibling or whoever it is. And you want the best for them. You want to give them, get them help. And the thing is that we have to learn is that we can't do the work for them. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: We have to get them to the point where they see that they are ready and need and want the help themselves. So helping mm-hmm. a family member kind of cope with that, understand that, and show up as their best self will help them through it.
0: Yeah, definitely. So you were saying that you, fortunately, don't have any addiction issues. And mentally, you're pretty healthy. But I'm sure. I mean, it's your focus to help others because this is what you witnessed. This is what you were part of. You were surrounded by this energy. How did you get off scot-free? I mean, did you, I'm sure there's like some kind of something in there that you've had to work through and process.
2: There is, there is definitely things that I've had to work through more. So the mind chatter, the belief in self, the confidence. So for me, it was seeing it started for me. My journey started at two years old when my parents divorced, that was the first significant event that Mm -hmm. happened in my life that led me on my path of discovery of who I was now at two years old. You don't know that, Yeah. but that's where the limiting beliefs come in. Well, my dad's not really around that much. Well, that must mean that I'm not important. I don't matter. So -hmm. then that goes into your self-worth and your confidence. And so Then it goes into, for me, was being quiet and shy. Well, if my dad's not around and I'm not worth it and I'm not a value or I'm not important to this person in my life, which is not the case. This is just my perception of what Mm -hmm. was happening at two years old. Yeah. Then it flowed into other relationships with friends with boyfriends or personal relationships. And then on my mom, I grew up with my mom living with her and she was in and out of relationships with these abusive, alcoholic, drunk, narcotic using men. (laughs) So that's where it came in. So it, it was really for me, men in my life, that my dad wasn't there. And then these men, I would get attached to them as the father figure mm-hmm. and then they would leave. And so that developed the thing where don't let people get too close to me. Interesting, so yeah. So I put up a wall and was like, okay, you can only get so close because I'm not letting you in because you're not going to stay anyway. So that, that's kind of just what I had learned. And, and that flows into every other area of your life, which you don't realize because if you're putting that a wall up for one person, it's up for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's up for your kids. It's up for your future relationships. It's for your, your coworkers or your clients. And so discovering those habits that we created at a young age that we don't know we did and working
0: through them. Mm -hmm. Yes. So when did you become aware that these patterns, these beliefs were deep inside of you? Cause a lot of times they're stuck pretty deep. I mean, you know, some sometimes they come to the surface, but a lot of times they're in there, especially when they start at two years old. Uh, was it before you started training in L- NLP or was this um, something that came into your awareness before that?
2: I think I always had it. I just didn't know because we don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know the tools and I didn't trust myself at that point and trust others. I didn't trust myself either. And so I feel like in our mind, everything is there. So every event, every experience, every memory we have is stored in our, in our brain. I call it a filing cabinet. Once it's in there, it's in there and we can work through it by rediscovering and pulling it out and working on it. So I think going back to your question, sorry. Mm-hmm. Tangent. Yeah, that's good. Um, that's fine. I like tangents. <laughs> <laughs> I think I always had it. I just didn't know it because I wasn't aware. Mm-hmm. So I had would have this kind of a gut feeling, and and I would follow it, but I didn't I didn't really know I was just mm-hmm. doing it. But now that I know and I have the tools, I and I look back and oh maybe I was using that then. So it, I would say it wasn't until my NLP journey that I really got the awareness to start paying attention to myself. We have that intuition; we're all born with it, and at some point in our life, we're taught or told that not to follow it. For some mm-hmm. reason, we, we stop trusting ourselves. We think it's woo woo or whatever, whatever people think or are told that they stop listening to that gut feeling that we get, we all get it. And then we think like, Oh, and we start questioning it. Oh, maybe it's not that maybe it's this. And so if you really take the time to sit in it and pay attention to it, it's there, it's always been there. We mm-hmm. just forget about it. We just ignore it. We just move on, or or whatever we choose to do. Beginning my personal growth journey through NLP mm-hmm. opened up that awareness for me doing that inner work, doing that emotional work. I call it um emotional awareness. We have to have that emotional awareness so that we are aware of what's happening. Or, what happened in the past that we're still carrying
0: with us that's just running in the background? Mm, Nice. Yes. Very, very true. Very important. Can you remind my listeners what NLP is before we talk any more about that and other things? Yeah. NLP
2: stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming, the science and study of human excellence, which means neuro is how we process information through our five senses. So something comes in, how does our brain and body process that information? Communication, how we're communicating internally with ourselves. that bully in the brain. What, what is that person saying? And how are we communicating externally to other people? And then the programming is how how we were raised, those things, those events that I was talking about, how those impacted us. What did we perceive and take from that and store in our body, store in our neurology, store in our emotions that we carry with us that now impact us as an adult.
0: Nice. So is this, is it similar to hypnosis or is it just the language we use? It is similar to hypnosis. so I'm not certified in hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. I
2: use timeline therapy, which I am told is similar to a okay. hypnotherapy or a hypnosis. Mm-hmm. The timeline is the, is the tool that is digging through the filing cabinet, looking for that event that we need to, to restore, refrain, give it a different meaning because we go through life and everything's from our own perspective. We don't see that there's another side to it. Yeah. So if I help you see that, Oh, your father really did love you. It wasn't that He didn't want to be around you. He lives in another state and, you know, factors come into play. But as a two-year-old, you don't know that.
0: Yeah, so you start thinking that from the beginning and then it just lives with you. Yeah. As you go. Yeah. Okay. So it teaches you then to kind of look at the reality of the situation, maybe? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Before NLP, had you tried... Any like the timeline therapy, meditation, shamanic journeying, you gave was, me a huge list, amazing, you have a huge toolbox, yes. <laughs> pendulum, Reiki, aromatherapy, sound therapy, vibration therapy. No, I had not used any of that. Oh my gosh. Okay. I,
2: yes. I was not aware at all. I had no idea what personal development was. I didn't even know it was a thing. It was this NLP that I just tripped into and thought I was studying it because I was that quiet and shy person my whole life. It affected my personal relationships. And now it was a business, a brand new business owner, I had a partner and I had clients and I was a marketing specialist. And yet I struggled to communicate to people. And I'm like, this is a problem. Now it's flowing into my business, my professional life. I need to do something about this. And then NLP showed up and I I went with that. And so I I believe everything happens for a reason. And I believe I was led to to this NLP for a purpose, a Mm -hmm. bigger purpose than what I thought I was getting into it for. It's such a great tool, such great experience. If you open yourself and allow yourself to experience the process and go through it. I knew when I first started that I had a lot of work to do that. I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust other people. I was very quiet and shy and didn't want to say the wrong thing. So I didn't really say anything at all. And confidence was not there. Belief in self was not there. Mm. My value was not there. I didn't see any of that. And it was just going through these classes, these trainings, learning, gaining the tools. You really do that inner work. And, and I had discovered that I would wait until f- the crash and burn happened before I took action. I, would, I could feel it coming and I knew it was coming, but I would still wait until I got to the crash and burn. Because then I was like, well, that's the bottom. Now I can use this to push off and do what I want to do.
0: Interesting. And yeah, yeah.
2: And I, and I said, I was saying that to my partner that I was working with, like, I know I can feel it. It's coming again. This, pra- this crash. And burn. <laughs> why am I waiting for this crash and burn to come? If I know it's coming, why don't I just do what I want to do now? And when I had that awareness and discovered, I want to be coaching. I want to be giving other people these tools and helping them through their struggles through their stuck states, move forward. I no longer waited till the end, till the crash and burn, till the bottom. I just moved on. And so I transitioned from my graphic design business to coaching business in three and a half months. It was a very quick transition because I was like, I know that I want to do this. I'm aware Mm -hmm. of it. Why am I going to wait? What's the purpose of it? I'm tired of waiting. I've been waiting all this time. And so it was easy to transition. Luckily, my partner, she was going through this whole NLP journey with me. She got it. She understood it. She has like, I don't want to be a coach. She, she wants to use it for communication purposes. Perfectly okay. And then it opened my awareness to other modalities. I, I really felt compelled to start my spiritual journey, which is where I learned most of those tools from. Mm-hmm. I did a, a year-long group coaching session with a spiritualist where they taught us those different tools from pendulums and journeys and finding your spirit guide and your spirit animal clearings and aromatherapy and crystals, and you
0: name it. Yeah. I was like, should I bring out the list? And that's amazing. So how has your life changed? I mean, you mentioned that your confidence and everything just skyrocketed your business you changed your business into something that was more aligned with you. It sounds like spiritually, I'm gonna say yeah um, is definitely part of your purpose. but how did your personal life change with all of this mindset change, this self growth bringing in all these toolboxes, toolboxes, tools from your toolbox? How did your life change? How did your relationships change? What about your health has changed? It's gotten better. So I feel like when you start
2: doing the inner work on yourself, when mm-hmm. you start doing that change in your mindset, your mental health, the gaining the confidence, gaining your value, gaining your worth, just the other things outside of you start changing because you're changing and your perception's changing. And so you're seeing things differently. Mm-hmm. So they've gotten better because I've learned to communicate with myself
0: and I've learned and gained those tools to, to how to communicate better with other people. Yeah. Communication and awareness, because it sounds like you're much more aware of everything about yourself, which starts with us first, right? It does,
2: yeah. People think communication happens, but it doesn't because they are miscommunicating with people. So we all have a different learning style. We all have a different communication style and we speak into and learn and communicate in our way of learning, communicating and speaking. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: So it's kind of like, if you're familiar with disc, where there's four different personalities, there's four different communication styles. Oh, interesting. If you're a primary, and I will compare it to the disc. My primary is the S. So I'm the nurturer. So I, Attract the other nurturers and I repel the others. Same thing with your communication style. You just automatically attract your communication style. I'll quickly go from visual you want to see things, auditory you want to hear things, kinesthetic you want to feel it, it has to feel right to you, and auditory digital has to make sense to you. So I'm the auditory digital. I want things to make sense to me. So when I'm talking to you, I'm going to make sure that things make sense to you. But if you don't care about that, if you want to see it, then I'm miscommunicating with you and you don't get it.
0: Okay. Yeah. I actually wasn't aware that there was a label and a description of each of the communication styles. Where can that be found?
2: Internal representation. You can look it up. And it's how you're internally communicating with yourself So self-talk and then how you're communicating with other people. So if you can learn the other three that aren't your primary, then you can speak into someone else's communication style so that it feels right to them. It makes sense to them. It looks right. It sounds right one
0: Nice. Okay. Okay. Then they can relate to you more and relate to what you're saying. And that's so important. Correct and effective communication is just so important. Not just for our connections with each other, but like you said, for yourself mm-hmm. first. And that's where it does need to start. And then, like everything, it kind of goes out and washes out and spreads out to other people. That is what your work is now. Is all about helping other people. I'm assuming one of the things is communicate with themselves. That's maybe the mindset piece of it as well. Yeah. If I were to be someone that was in the depths of a mental health crisis or finding myself addicted to a substance that's harmful, because I don't think chocolate is harmful. Okay. So so I'm going to say a substance that's harmful to our health. How would you help me? So if somebody
2: was referred to me directly in their mental health state or addiction mm-hmm. state, meaning they're currently addicted to something, I would refer them to a program of some sort Okay, I have connections to several mental health uh, facilities and addiction facilities. And I would recommend you to them. The purpose is that because you need to be um, stable. You need to be clean before I can see you. The second part would be because I'm not licensed, I'm certified in NLP. I'm certified in timeline therapy. I can use those techniques in my coaching, but I don't diagnose or anything like that. And so your doctor would need to know that you're working with a coach on your mental health and your mindset or your addiction, because I'm helping you to go in and do the inner work, the emotional, the trauma, and it could shift your medication.
0: Oh, interesting. It's that powerful.
2: Yes. Nice. So they okay. need to be aware that you're doing the inner emotional trauma healing work. Okay. In case that happens. Wow. Okay. I that's can't pretty cool. Say, okay, you need to lessen your medication because yeah. that's not my yeah.
0: That's pretty cool though. I mean, that speaks to the power of this work is yeah. that it can help uh, change someone's medication. And it'd be really cool if you know people were able to get off medication <laughs> completely because <Yes>. of it. <laughs> that that's always, at least for me personally, that's what I would hope for a lot of people is to just be medication free. I know it's definitely needed in certain circumstances and very helpful, but yeah, if we can find methods like NLP, timeline therapy, the type of coaching that you do so much healthier. Definitely.
2: Yeah. I just put a statistic on my Facebook yesterday about addiction that I just learned about. Yeah. Tell me, which is there are 23 million people in recovery in the United States. Only 8 million of them choose a 12 step model program. So that's leaving 15 million individuals seeking alternative solutions for their recovery. So yeah if you know somebody seeking alternative <laughs> solutions for their recovery, NLP and timeline therapy
0: is definitely a tool that will get you results. Nice. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because the 12 step program is not for everybody. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's never a one size fits all model for exactly. any of this. What kind of results have you seen besides the medication change? What, but well, not in yourself. Cause we just talked about that, but in other people coming out of addiction, that have already gone through treatment without naming names, of course, it's confidential, but kind of tell us about that, that situation, that person. Yeah. So it is a
2: transformational
0: process.
2: The the first part is getting them to trust you. The, The second part is helping them create a new identity, meaning they've gone through this mental health, diagnosis. They've gone through this addiction diagnosis, mm-hmm. which was their identity. I was addicted to drinking. I was addicted to heroin or whatever it is that they, they choose the outlet. That's, that's who they were. Now that they're clean, they're sober, they're on a new path. Now the hardest part is who am I now? Yes. What is my new identity?
1: Yes. where do
0: I start? And, and I think that can happen. Those questions come up for a lot of people who maybe not even for addiction, but just make huge changes in their life and tackling an addiction is a huge change. Yeah. So, okay. So they come to you with these questions and then where'd we go from there? And then we're helping them peel back
2: those layers. I compare it to onion. We work on one thing, peels back And it's really diving in to the root. I believe that addiction specifically, there's a major root that we need to discover. What was it that happened that you suppressed, didn't want to deal with, didn't want to remember whatever in your life that you turned to this? Mm -hmm. Some people think, well, they tried it and they get addicted. But why did you try it in the first place? What, why didn't you say no? What made you say yes? Did you feel pressure? Did you not feel worthy enough? Did you not have the self-confidence? Like something happened or some people say, well, they see their parents do it. And so then they do it, which could be a thing because we learn how to do life from the most influential people before the age of seven. Mm-hmm. called our imprint years so who we're surrounded with influence us so if we're seeing our parents an alcoholic and you grow up with that you might think that that's how you do life it's normal to you so mm-hmm. then you become that and or maybe you're neglected You don't feel worthy. You don't feel loved because the parent's not really there.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: So then you become the alcoholic because of that
0: reason. Mm -hmm. So there's so many different things that come into play.
1: Um, Yeah. Well,
0: I mean, you know, I have a son who's an alcoholic and like you, (laughs) I'd say majority of my family have some kind of addiction issues. Mm -hmm. It often isn't the substance itself, right? Like you said, some people say, oh, I just tried it. I liked it. What I've learned over the years, I even had to go to Al-Anon when I was a kid because my dad's an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. I learned it is almost always some kind of pain, trauma, something that like you said is within us. And when you take that substance, it also just makes you feel really good. It takes you out of that. It's and just so the Band-Aid. It is the Band-Aid. Okay, yeah. so your work helps people dig in and find out how this became a problem yep. to begin and with. Okay. Correct the problem,
2: then there's no more problem. So the other going, piece to it, and yeah. what I teach, and this is purely my own belief, is that going to a 12-step type program Again, we just, we already talked about it. It's one way of doing it. You can get results and people do very well on it. Mm -hmm. I feel from a mindset perspective, it's heavy to say, I really believe in the I am statement. Hi, I'm Rachel. I'm an alcoholic. Every day, every month, every week, however often you're going to these meetings, I
0: am an alcoholic. What are you doing to yourself? Oh, my God. I just had a huge aha moment. (laughs) It's like, I just had to sit with that for a second. Yeah. I know. See? But I feel like it's a backpack that
2: people have to label themselves and carry that with them their entire life. No, that's who you were. You are no longer that. Why are you confirming yourself every day? I am an alcoholic. No,
0: past. Past you were. Yes. You know, I just had a conversation with somebody else that her podcast will be coming out. I think right around the same time, this one was, this is really awesome. Uh, she said on that, in that conversation, it's going to be public that she was a bulimic. She, and she, we talked almost very similar, but different about that whole word in recovery. And so she was told, you know, if she had stayed in that 12 step program, she would have to say all the time that she was a bulimic. And she's yeah. like, no, I was, yeah. that's who I was. Exactly what you just said. Yes. This whole, I am an alcoholic and saying it every day. I have known alcoholics that have tried the 12 step program and they haven't come out and said exactly what you just said, but very similar. they're just like, I felt like I was going there every day being programmed. Yeah. And that's what's happening. That's the mindset that's thing. What's
2: happening? That's yes. the
0: mindset
2: thing. Yes, yes. Okay. So I feel like it's a backpack of rocks to like, okay, I'm 36 yes. years old. Let's say I was an alcoholic. So if you're telling me for the rest of my life I have to go to these meetings and every day tell myself I'm an alcoholic to remind myself that I'm an alcoholic so that I don't drink. <laughs> yeah, I already know that. But getting to the root. Figuring out that internal problem and working through that problem, you no longer have to carry that label because it won't exist. It's gone Mm -hmm. with it. And it can be scary for people to have to do that in a work. And let me tell you, it's worth
0: it. Yes, it is. I agree (laughs) with you. But yeah, what are some of the reasons why it's scary? Because it is for a lot of people. And I've even experienced that.
2: Because it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's not normal for people. it is normal. But most people have the belief that we can't express ourselves. We can't be our true self. We have to um, show up in a way that. Other people want us to. Mm -hmm. Well, if you say, Amber, how's your day? And I say, Oh, I'm a mess, I'm falling apart, blah, blah, blah. I'm Eeyore. Yeah. Do you really want to hear that? No. (laughs) (laughs) So people just show up and say, Oh yeah, I'm good. I'm great. They feel like they can't express themselves or they're embarrassed to say, Oh, Amber, I'm a mess, I'm a falling apart. I'm Eeyore down all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's the embarrassment. It's the verbalization of somebody having to say i need help i i have i'm struggling i don't know what yeah. to do people don't want to admit that and it's okay
0: to admit that yeah yeah but it is scary because we are not only programmed by society like you were just saying but it's even in our subconscious that we're supposed to protect ourselves all the time and stay within the tribe right like you do things that get you ostracized like making people uncomfortable by sharing your true feelings yeah <laughs> you don't need, you might die you know in caveman times you're gonna die if you're kicked out of your tribe and so we're yeah. still like think that's part of our genetic make, part of you know the like programming it's part that- of the programming from like caveman times Yes, it is.
2: <laughs> because we're evolving, but yet our mindset's not evolving because we're still thinking caveman like. Mm-hmm. I say this, and I will say this for you guys. It our programming is like a computer. It's running in the background. We don't know it's there. It's caveman time. Your your cell phone, your smart devices, your computer, how often is it updating itself? All the time. Mm-hmm. When are you updating your brain? Are you still operating on Windows One? Are you still operating on Mac OS? (laughs) Most people are caveman time.
0: Yes. yes. (laughs) I just have this vision of like Atari versus (laughs) the latest game system. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Like it's just one little stick. (laughs) We need to evolve. (laughs) We need to
2: evolve. You have to do the inner work. You have to re- Do the programming because it served us then in caveman time. It served Mm -hmm. us at two years old to have that belief, to think that way because safety or whatever reason you created it, it served you at that time, but you're still carrying it with you and it no longer serves you. You can
0: take that rock and throw it out. You don't need it anymore, Mm -hmm. but it's still there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Okay. So it's a whole support system. That that someone needs when they're trying to make some major health, mental health changes, especially, and get over that addiction or get through it. You can't get over it. It's always through. (laughs) Everything is going through. I want to chat just briefly about what you've got going on professionally right now, but do you have anything else you'd like to add for anyone listening that they themselves or someone they love is struggling with some Major mental health issues and more specifically addiction.
2: The biggest thing is to focus on what it is you want as opposed to what it is that you don't want. So, real quick statistic we have around 90,000 thoughts come in our mind every single day. 90,000. 80,000 of those thoughts are negative thoughts and thoughts about things you don't want to happen.
0: Wow. So
2: many people are focusing on negative things, their negative emotions or don't, I don't want to be in this addiction anymore. I don't want my family member to be this way. I don't want to, you know, be unhealthy anymore. Whatever it is, what do you want? What's the opposite of that? You just start focusing on what it is you want. It's so much more lighter. And again, Mm -hmm. it goes back to that negative, uh, uh, the mental chatter in your brain. What are you telling yourself? How are you communicating with yourself? Yeah, And that leads to the depression, the anxiety, the stress, the burnout, the overwhelm, because we're focusing on what we don't want to happen, which creates more of what we don't want to
0: happen. So what if somebody is struggling to even know the answer to what I want? That's the other thing. Most people can't
2: tell you what what do you want to eat? Well, I don't want fish. I don't want Chinese. What do you want? They can tell you what they don't want, but they can't tell you what they want. Right. So there's a task that I assign and I'll give it to you guys. You have to become aware of your thoughts. Again, it's at program. It's just running. We don't know. We're we're hearing them because there are thoughts, but we're not hearing them. So you have to have that awareness. Okay. So here's a task. Two minutes every single day. At least one time, if not more, the more you do it, the better. Set a timer on your phone to go off morning, evening, whenever. When the timer goes off, take two minutes, write down. What am I thinking right now? How is this thought making me feel? And is it positive or negative? It's All you have to do. And the reason why you do this is because then you have a visual data collection of your thoughts. What are you thinking throughout your day? Maybe you're You're, you're uh, more positive in the morning, but not in the afternoon or the evening, or maybe on Mondays you are, because you're doing something and your, your mind's distracted, but you know, on the Tuesdays you're not. So you can kind of start seeing patterns of your thoughts and bring that awareness. So you're seeing what you're thinking, you're now associating a feeling to it and is it positive or negative? Most of them are going to be negative when you start, because I said 80,000 of them are negative. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Because now you have an awareness of what you're thinking about consistently over time. Nice.
0: What a, what a cool method and very wow. easy. It sounds, do you recommend a certain time of day for that? Or it's just whatever works for each person. It, it,
2: I would just do, Consistency is key. So if it's okay. every morning, when you wake up, you jot down in your journal, cool, do it. Okay. If you have the time to do it, maybe it's before when you wake up and when you go to bed. If you can do it every hour, I mean, it's two minutes. That seems ridiculous. But in the beginning, if, even if you did it for three days every hour, how much you will see your thinking in your day?
1: Yeah. You know, Wonderful. Do it on the weekend when you don't
2: have, you know, a busy schedule and you have a little bit more lax time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Whatever fits in your schedule. Don't go insane trying to <laughs>
0: Write out this all the time, whatever fits for you. Just set a timer and be consistent on it. Lovely. I really, really like that. I haven't, I've never heard this. Did you make this up? I feel like I did, but maybe. (laughs) Well, on my podcast, I'm gonna let you take credit. and uh, (laughs) We'll take that back. If somebody complains about it, (laughs) pretty awesome. Okay. So Rachel, the other half of your coaching is that you help women in their business? It's still mindset and mental health focused. It's helping
2: people through the everyday anxieties of life. So it Mm -hmm. could be your business. It could be your personal life, your relationship, your health, your environment, your fun, whatever you're struggling with. There's still everyday anxieties and stress and overwhelm that come into play. So it's helping you work through your mindset and mental health to help you through that.
0: Nice. And that's in the book that I, I understand is a compilation of your work and someone else's The successful woman's mindset book. Is that correct? It's a collaboration. It's 21 women, 21 21 stories. So it's 21 chapters. Mm -hmm. Each woman has a chapter
2: and it's basically their idea of success or how they got to success. Everybody shares a different story. Uh, One lady talks about masterminding. One lady talks about you know, starting over at 60 years old. So it's a really great book. My chapter is called Journey to Your Value Within. And it's all about going internally, going to the past and releasing limiting beliefs that you created, because when you do that, your
0: possibilities will blossom. Yes, they will. And your business, your website, empoweringgrowthcoach.com has lots of different resources on there. But for my listeners, what do you have going on? I know you've got some Facebook groups. When you and I chatted privately, you talked about a book club, which inspired me to finally get going on mine. So thank Yay. you. Um, you have all kinds of things going on in both realms. Tell us what you have, just, <laughs> a, just a snippet of what you are offering to people.
2: Yeah. So I do have a a private Facebook group. It's called the growing you forum. It's all about you. It's personal development. It's a great community. Um, you can share anything positive, uplifting related mental health addiction, anything, personal development. It's a great community to be in just support. There's a range of people in there from somebody who has zero personal development, just like I did back in the day to people who have personal development and are continuing to learn and grow. So again, that's the Growing You Forum. I also have one-on-one coaching available and group coaching available, depending on your budget, depending on where you're at, what you want to work on. I have customized packages to fit whatever you need.
0: Nice. And then you have, what is this breakfast club that I keep? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the bref- I have the Breakfast
2: Club, which okay. is a local event.
0: Uh-huh.
2: I do here locally in Las Vegas, and I co-host it with two other ladies. And our idea of starting it is to build a community of local professionals, mindset, mental health, health, and health and wellness related, mm-hmm. where we could be a resource, a community, a collaboration for the local community. So now we have True Connections lunch that goes monthly as well. And phenomenal turnout, great community. If you are not local and you are ever in Las Vegas, look me up, you can join. It's open to everybody. Um, we do have community in, online. So you can mm-hmm. join the Breakfast Club community or the True Connections LV on Facebook. Cool. Uh, see what's happening
0: in there. But yeah. it is an in-person live event. Very cool. You have all kinds of things going on. And any thoughts on doing more books? I am writing my next
2: book. Oh, it, I okay. don't have an end time for when it's going to be complete. Okay. i kind of working on it as, as I get inspired to write something. It is called The Kindness Factor. And it's all about seeing
0: the good in you and helping you see the good in you. Yeah. We need more of that in this world for sure. Oh, well, thank you. You're living it. You're living that kindness factor, Rachel. Yeah, you are. So uh, it is a blessing to know you and thank you for being on my podcast for a second time. And I always like to just put the offer out there. Anything else you want to say? Are we good? I think we're good. I'll leave them with that. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's great. Thank you, Rachel. Thank
1: you.